Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, tonight's episode was the end of season one, officially. And with that, we must wait another year until season two, which has been confirmed if you didn't hear. It's pretty awesome. But what wasn't awesome was tonight's season finale. And don't get me wrong, I still really liked it, but it just wasn't really what I was expecting for a season finale. I know some of you loved tonight's episode, and that's awesome. I love that you loved it, but it seemed to me like it was a waste of a finale. Kind of seems like it could have been, you know, just a standalone episode, maybe episode 14 or 15, and that would have been really cool. But, you know, leaving us with this kind of information that we already knew, and it sort of ended the same way it started, you know, with the Bad Batch making a decision, and, you know, Crosshair going off and doing his own thing, and the Bad Batch going and doing their own thing. Anyways, there are some big things that we need to discuss, so let's get into it, and I can share my thoughts with you at the very end of this video, so you can fast forward to that if you want but there are some pretty interesting things that we need to talk about. So, this episode starts off in the middle of the action from the last episode, where Kamino is being blown to bits by the Empire. Our beloved home of the clones, where we grew up with the Clone Wars, are gone for good. And the worst part about it is that the button to fire the blasters were pressed by the clones themselves on Rampart and Tarkin's orders. Now, something you'll notice is that upon a status report, a clone seems to drastically hurt Emotionally, that is, while reporting to Rampart about the status of Topoka City and Kamino as a whole. He seems like he's really upset that now had to do this, he's had to destroy his planet, his home. And it almost seems like maybe this could be something that's going to break through to them. All Kaminoan facilities have been destroyed. You can see this might be another nail in the coffin for the clones to finally start their rebellion, their uprising, which we'd love to see. They're going to soon realize that they are just pawns in this Imperial game. And now that their home is destroyed, I don't think many will be playing so nicely. Many more like Hauser and Rex will pop up and rebel. The clone uprising is something that I hope will happen in Season 2. As the crew tried to open the hatch to save Omega and Crosshair, who have been separated from the rest of the boys in a rapidly flooding room, Omega tries everything to save Crosshair, to which she finally does. Omega is like that one person that you strive to be like, but... Uh, Ultimately, it's just too unrealistic, because I feel like, look, in a lot of these situations, anyone who would see how many times Crosshair tried to kill them, or any of the other villains of this show, would definitely cause some conflict within when it would come time to saving them if they were in some dire situation. But then again, that's Omega. She never cared really what someone did to her, only that they needed help, and she would do all that she could to save them, even put her entire team in danger, including herself. As the facility falls apart with them inside, we see the clone pods submerging into the water. 
everything being destroyed and exploding. As they hastily make their way through the falling facility, we get some beautiful themes, which just reminds me that the music in this episode was probably some of the most moving of the entire season, with even some callbacks to the prequels, if you listen closely. Crosshair makes fun of them for following Omega, which is kind of true, to be honest. I mean, they have been taking a lot of influence in their decisions from Omega, and I believe a lot of that is due to their love and care for her, but I feel sometimes it was a bit too much. Walking through the water tubes, they're attacked by an evil turtle, which they eventually get past and activate the power, shocking it away. Now, this little fish reminded me of the scene in The Phantom Menace where Qui-Gon says there's always a bigger fish. Which kind of is the theme of the Empire if you think about it. I mean, you got the stormtroopers, you got the higher-ups, you got the commanders, generals, so on. You got Vader, you got Moff Tarkin. And yes, Moff Tarkin was higher in command above Vader. Could he kill him one-on-one? -on -one? No, but he was higher in command. And then, of course, you got the Emperor. The Bad Batch make their way into Nalase's lab. And we learn that Omega was created before the Bad Batch, making her much older. So she's their older sister. This is something that we learned from the previous episode as well, which I mentioned in the breakdown, but now it's confirmed by Tech himself. Or should I say, Teek. My thoughts on this are that this is what Omega's superpower is. She ages twice as slow as a normal human being, and four times as slow compared to an accelerated clone, making her able to be older biologically, but younger in appearance. She states that she spent all of her time alone down there, until they were created. So, it's almost like Omega sees them as her little brothers and ultimately her saviors of just being alone. Now, the Empire probably wanted her and put bounties on her because she is too vital for their plan. They need her. A being whose DNA ages super slowly means a longer life. This would be perfect for Palpatine, who wants to live as long as possible in the physical world. Force ghosts don't interest him. The Sith want to be alive and walk the earth, so to speak. As Crosshair walks away to sit down, Omega follows him to chat, and you know he loves that. He touches his head where the inhibitor chip is, and I actually am thinking that he never had it removed because he quickly pulls his hand away when she sits down. Or it's just maybe some phantom pain of, you know, the part of his head that was there before it got burnt off or destroyed a bit. Perhaps the Empire knew that the chip was destroyed in the blast on Bracca, and they had a new one implanted, maybe a stronger one. I think Crosshair only pretended that he took it out to drive the point home to his brothers that he is acting on his own free will and despises them. This would give more validity and credibility to his choices of choosing the Empire instead of writing it all off as him being brainwashed or controlled by a chip. They decide their only way out of there is to lock themselves up into the medical capsules that they were created in. With the help of Azzy, they blow the windows and float to the top. As he leads the mission until his battery gives out, to which Omega jumps in after him at the last minute, never leaving a member of the team behind. That's typical Omega, trying to save everyone, as she poses a huge threat to everybody else and passes out and floats to the bottom. Unable to save Azzy, Crosshair pulls a move and subverts our expectations by shooting an anchor into Azzy and reeling them both in above the surface of the ocean. As they pull Omega and Azzy aboard, saving them, we move into day, where the storm has cleared and it's subsided and any rainy Camino is actually quite beautiful sunny Camino now. Getting to their ship, they all observe the smoke and ruins of Topoka City. It's all gone. They invite Crosshair to leave with them, who declines, and essentially we learn that he wants to be with the winning team. He thinks the Empire will rule the galaxy and he's going to roll with them. 
Hunter tells him that he doesn't want to make enemies with him. Even though they want different things, doesn't mean they have to hate each other. Omega thanks him for saving Azzy, and that he's still their brother. This hit a touching moment for all of us as we can see the conflict within Crosshair, not to mention of course the music was superb. They take off as he stands on that dock, probably about to be picked up by the Empire. They thought he defected and joined his brothers, so I'm wondering if they're going to take him in with open arms now, or if Crosshair eventually in Season 2 will join up with his brothers again. Or is it going to be this cyclical cycle where they just kind of hunt each other until someone ends up dead? We see a shuttle land in the next wipe-up, and it's Nala say exiting as clone commandos guard her. Greeting a clone scientist I assume who is wearing the same exact clothing as Dr. Pershing from The Mandalorian. This tells me that she must be some sort of scientist that they have established at this base already, and they have these cloning facilities probably throughout the galaxy, maybe even some starships. Anyways, she says that the Empire has a lot of work for her, which I think, and I could totally be wrong, but it kind of seems like they're just now trying to tie in to Snoke and Palpatine in the sequel trilogy, which for me just doesn't do it. I, it just doesn't feel too great. Or, on the other hand, and I like this one, is that it could be them doing an experiment on Grogu and some other beings, assuming Grogu is in their possession at this point already, and they want to just continue that storyline and fill Grogu's. As they maybe try to blend Grogu's DNA with someone else, maybe Omega, one day, and perhaps try to get Omega to harness her anti-aging abilities, I'd rather just keep it all separate. But hey, that's Star Wars and that's what we got now. I think in the next season, Crosshair's conflict will be more evident. Kind of like Vader in Return of the Jedi. And he'll sacrifice himself to save his brothers. Maybe even Omega. I believe next season will be much more action-packed and drive the original story home more. Look, there were too many Sid missions, and too many missions that just don't matter anymore now. And I understand it builds character development, but you can still do that by expanding the story and following the story. But it just doesn't do much for the overall story here, other than putting the characters in some interesting scenarios and allowing them to figure it out and problem solve. I feel this season was dragged on far too long. We didn't need 16 weeks. While it was fun, don't get me wrong, it just didn't need to be so long. Many episodes here felt like Rebels, where things go awry, and then by the end of it, they're all fixed up and everyone's in the same place that they started in each episode. Again, sure, character development is extremely important. I literally dedicated the first episode of my fan film to character development. But, I mean, come on, how much of this is gonna keep going on before we actually get some story development? Kinda like episode one, it's like they know what to do, but they're just sort of dragging this whole thing out. I feel the first episode with Order 66 and Caleb Doom was by on, just amazing. It got you hooked, you're in, and then it just became mediocre with glimmers of excitement and random cameos of Cad Bane or Rex waiting for something crazy to happen, to which it doesn't. This first season felt like we got to know the characters very well, which I'm very happy about, and next season will probably take us into the actual story of how the Empire now is delegating the galaxy. And hopefully, we get to see Vader during this time. Let me know what you guys thought of this season finale. I gave it a 4 out of 10, and I give the overall season a 6.5 out of 10 to 7. A very, very loose, soft seven. Anyways, let me know what you guys think about it. I always appreciate your comments. And go right now on StarWarsTheory.com and make your own thread. Start talking about Star Wars and tell me what you think about this episode in general. And let's see everyone comment underneath.
Thanks for checking out this breakdown. I hope you have a great rest of your evening, no matter where you're watching this in the galaxy, my fellow Jedi and Sith friends. Until next time, remember, the Force will be with you, always. Oh, and make sure to hit that like button. Thanks.